Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. And Fried Okra family out there, you've heard a new voice on our podcast. Uh, it is our own Ellen Pogmiller and uh, one of our legislative political organizers here at OEA. And Ellen, we are so excited to have you in the permanent, permanent seat. That feels big time. And yeah, you, it means you can't leave it. <laughs> so uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I've been at OEA for two and a half years. And so um, been able to do the legislative side and reach out and work directly with districts as their local contact. But um, yeah, I'm very excited it's to be here. It's great to spread your wings. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I think if you don't know much about me, just the one thing you have to know is that I'm a parent of public school kids, two boys. And um, this fight at the end of the day is for them. But I know as a parent, most of you have kids either as parents or grandparents or the kids in your classroom. And so public education to me is one of the most meaningful things that we have in our state for every kid. And so that's why I show up every day at OEA. You know, Ellen, this is the thing that I love watching you at the Capitol when you're uh, talking with legislators and you're you're doing your lobby gig. And uh, the minute someone says something, you go, but you know what? I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what it's like to be a parent and have students in Oklahoma City Public Schools and and you bring that story along with you and it's so important. Thank, so. thank you. Well, I'm excited to be joined today um, by my friend Ivy Riggs to talk about how session went. So welcome. Are we done? I wish we were done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Um, we have made it through our first deadline of session Yesterday at the end of the day was our first committee deadline where we probably, uh, traditionally we drop off about a quarter of the bills. Did it happen? Uh, I, I haven't counted them. <laughs> uh, the, the deadline did happen. I had not yes. counted how many bills dropped off because we had a dinner last night and yeah. met with legislators. And so yeah. it was a late night. So bill counting did not happen when I got home. Sleeping happened when I got home. Yeah. So um, a committee deadline is anything that didn't make it out of its house, its committee, assigned committee of origin. So house bills out of the, their house committee, sometimes more than one committee. So that's mm-hmm. tricky. And then uh, Senate bills out of their Senate committees, respectively. Mm-hmm. So um, big week. Uh, it's always a little crazy. And because we had three days of, of two days of snow and another day of, uh, of, of House members being out, um, it was crazy town over there. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about maybe bills that dropped off, maybe that we lost that we were hoping to get through. Right, right. I'll start with a bad one and end with good ones, maybe. I don't know. So Senate Bill 1583, which was one of Senator Treat's vouchers for uh, any child attending an F school, he laid it over, which means it won't be heard this year unless some shenanigans happen. It's always a possibility, but for the most part, that's a dormant bill now. Do they usually hold true to that promise when they say, I'm going to lay it over that they... Let it lay. Usually, yes. Like a dog. Correct. Correct. Let sleeping dogs. Yes. But then we lost some really good ones. Our, um, the NBCT stipend bill. (gasps) We were so, so sad. We thought this was the year. 
um, uh, our support employee pay bill that uh, Representative Ronnie Johns ran with such passion and tried his little heart out, but um, it did not get a hearing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Mark McBride had a bill that would give every certified person a $1,000 stipend, and it made it through one committee, but not its committee, uh, full appropriations and budget in the House. So um, they just decided that that was not a budget priority. Those were not budget priority. In it's unfair to say they weren't priorities. In some cases, that is a true statement. But uh, they did open this session saying uh, we didn't want to use a lot of recurring revenue. We wanted to use most of the one-time money um, that we have with our relief funds coming from the federal government. So, uh, you know, we were warn- warned early on there weren't going to be a lot of uh, big recurring things. But that's why I think we saw a stipend rather than a pay raise. And that's disappointing because so, it was one-time money that right, he was wanting to Right, use, so, so it could have been. Now, yeah. is it possible for that to resurrect itself in the budget process? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, nothing's dead forever at the state capitol. Have they said, and I know they keep those close to their chest because it's always a flat budget, we don't have any money, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Have they, have they been open with what is a priority in the budget? Besides savings? You know, it's really early. Uh, I haven't heard very many budget conversations yet. Um, you know, you hear, you know, oh, I've got one and it's it's not going to cost very much. Now, Mark McBride does have a, yeah. a teacher recruitment yeah. and retention uh, bill that's uh, in the big scheme of things, $5 million, I believe, is yeah. the cost. And so that still is a priority. It did make it through the process. So it's still alive. Mm-hmm. So, th- So there's a chance on a few of them. Are there other bills that have made it through that OEA is excited about? Absolutely. We are really excited about two of our bills that we um, that we have really been working closely with legislators on. Our Employee Assistance Program bill, Mark Van Curen ran. So House needed. Bill 4109 is to give us the same benefit that state employees have with uh, coordination of services to mental health services, financial counseling service, lots of things that we know our school employees, and not just teachers, everyone that works in a school have access to this. So we're really excited about that. Is this something that Department of Mental Health is already doing? So they're not having to recreate Correct. Anything. State employees have had this benefit for many years, and so it wouldn't be a huge staffing burden for the Department of Mental Health um, and, and they're supportive of this. We met with them before we ever moved forward. And then the second bill is uh, House Bill 3374, which is community schools that Representative Tammy West is working on. And I am so excited about how um, it is really building some momentum and some support, uh, obviously bipartisan. And um, I'm, I'm just really excited about what we can do for some communities uh, with this that's designed right now to be a pilot program and see see what it looks like in Oklahoma. That is true, positive school reform. Exactly. And that's what it should be. Exactly. Yeah. So there's also, we did some alerts this week, you know, letting members know that we need them to engage with their legislators. Can you give us a little overview of what bills those were, where they landed? Absolutely. So um, Senate Bill 1583, the F school uh, voucher went away. I spoke of it already. Then um, Senate Bill 1592, where Senator Treat wants to give every uh, teacher in the state uh, liability insurance. So I want to say that sounds lovely. And and he claims it would cost 
under $1.7 million, which in my bank account is a lot of money. But in the state, I mean, to, yeah. to be fair, not a huge cost when it comes to the whole state budget. But it doesn't take away the the requirement that a school district already has to have liability insurance mm-hmm. on you. So it's 100% unnecessary. We know that it is for them to say you no longer need to be a member of a, of a right. professional association. We also know that the liability insurance is not why people join OEA, yeah. right? Right. So, so as much as we think it's unnecessary and it's a definite target, it's silly. It's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it did make it through the process. Um, and the, the big one, mm-hmm. the big one. Yeah. Ugh. I like to call it the big ugly. You give it a name. Well, oh wait, it's called oh, OEA. Oh, I've got names for it. <laughs> yeah. I've got names for it. Yeah. It's uh, Senate Bill 1647 is the Oklahoma Empowerment Act. And he, uh, Senator Treat, kept referring to it as OEA, which I find comical. I could not quit giggling. It's the only laughter in that that committee. So it is a a full-fledged voucher, right? So whatever a child's per-pupil amount, the average per-pupil amount in Oklahoma is $3,800. But depending on uh, what category, uh, what demographic, whether you are low socioeconomic, whether you uh, have a disability, disability, uh, gifted, talented, whatever it may be, uh, your amount may be different. But the average is $3,800. And everyone in the state could take that voucher and not just go to a private school. That would be misuse of funds, in my personal opinion. But even worse than that, they can use it on anything they deem educational. And you can't see my air quotes, but educational. It's a very loose term. Transportation. Can you buy a car? Um, services. Is that dance class? Is that uh, tutoring? We've and, seen how well that has gone in the past. Right, right. In light of how, um, in light of the audit for Epic and how those same types of funds were misused and embezzled, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, why on earth would we open the door with zero accountability? I mean, there is a, I'll paraphrase, but there is a very specific part in the bill that says there there is no intention to make uh, strenuous guidelines on how parents can spend this money. And this money doesn't go to a private school. So there's no accountability in in where the money goes. It goes to the parent. It goes in an account Mm -hmm. that can carry over from month to month, from year to year with, uh, very, very little uh, guidelines in how it can be spent. There was an amendment to this bill this this week. Um, They took out the ability for homeschool families to use it at the request of many homeschool people. So, uh, so it can, yeah. uh, yes, that, that was a loud voice. Even though they had been saying, I've been meeting with homeschool parents every week. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so he took out the ability for homeschool families to use this money. And he also put an income cap on this bill at 300% the level of free and reduced lunch. 300% for a family of four is $154,000. In my opinion, that is not low income. I am incredibly low income if that is a true statement, <laughs> right? So, and our, st- and, 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 and our families that are qualifying for free and reduced lunch, it's not families that make $150,000 that are qualifying for, this is like 300 times that. Correct. 
And when you look at families who qualify for SNAP, I won't have yeah. the exact number right, but it's about, for a family of four, comparatively about $36,000. Yeah. So that's a huge... So that's actually yeah. helping families in need. Absolutely. Yes. And and I'm and I i I'm glad you brought up SNAP. Um, in my heart, this is the thing that, that really keeps me fired up about a bill like this and the hypocrisy around how, how we're um, claiming to help families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so we don't trust families with SNAP money. Literal yeah. dollars, not a lot of dollars, Mm-mm. very Mm-mm. few dollars to feed their family. Right. We want to drug test them. We want to see what they're doing with their money. We want to we want to mm-hmm. limit where they can spend that money when when maybe they don't even have transportation what to get anywhere. What they yeah. can spend it on. What foods you can buy. But but we want to give thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to parents and say, we trust them. They're the ultimate in accountability. So, um, which is it? Do we trust parents or do we not trust parents? So, so the hypocrisy around, um, the claim of helping is, is a struggle for me. And my other big concern is when we take out homeschool, what other services would be justifiable? Either you are sending your child to a school or you're not. Yeah. So if you're sending your child to a school, why would you need curriculum? If you're sending a child to to school, why do you need outside therapy, outside services? Yeah. Now I'm not saying children may not need outside, outside therapy, therapy, but who does it? Right. So, <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of question marks. And I heard this stat yesterday, um, a, a, a person at the Capitol that, that does similar work to us said, we are, we are 16th in the nation currently in school choice, 16th in the nation in school choice, and we're 47th in the nation in per-pupil funding. So, so we want to spend well over $100 million to get top 10, probably top five in school choice, mm-hmm. but we're fine to stay 47th in per pupil funding yeah. for the 90% of our kids that will remain in our public schools. And so to me, that says, what are your priorities? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, do, who are we actually helping? In the debate, they keep making it sound like, oh, these are kids that are currently attending public schools and they could go to a private school. But in reality, this bill allows kids that are already in private school to get that money and take away from the kids that are in public school. It's going to come out of that fund. They're not going to increase the funds. No. Oh, even though he says he's thinking about it, he can't do that. Well, I and I think the the I have two two comments to that. Uh, the amount of the voucher is a fraction of the tuition to a private school. So that we're we're not expanding that option. Right. We're not expanding that priority. These are this is subsidy for a family who can already afford this. Mm-hmm. About 20 minutes after that bill passed out of committee, Ellen and I were forwarded an email that came out from a private school in Tulsa. I won't say the name. A private school in Tulsa sent to every family that attends their school. Oh, I hate to hear what you're going to say. It had gone out the day before. Oh, my God. Asking for these families to help their pocketbooks to contact committee members to ask them for a yes vote so that they could qualify for this voucher and basically put their $3,800 in their pocket. Mm-hmm. These are families that can already afford it, that are already affording it. And so uh, this is exactly what we said would happen. Yeah. And when you when you talk about that, that ability to message to your school community about legislation, 
our public schools don't have that opportunity. Correct. They don't have the chance to talk about how bills that are going to pass will impact their direct school in right. a way. Because if you're using state equipment, it can't be political. Right. right. And so that's the whole separation. Yeah. Right? Public funds to support public schools is our deal breaker. That's our line in the sand. Yeah. We know more than 90% of the kids attend public school. We know in our hearts these types of things that would take several hundred million dollars out of our public school funding mm-hmm. are not going to help those kids. Mm-hmm. These are not opportunities for these kids. So it's it's out-of-state effort. These are copy-paste bills from out-of-state. Um, if you if you watch the online activity, the, or, there were, these are not Oklahomans begging yeah. for this. Yeah. Ivy, when you, as we move towards next week, um, you know, we've we've sent alerts to members. Maybe, you know, they're like, oh, I've already engaged my legislator on this issue. What would you say as we move into next week about engagement levels and what we need to do? I am begging you to continue to engage. I'm, I know that we're overwhelmed as educators, as school employees. I know that we are, but this is a biggie. These are, these are issues that will change the way our schools work and our schools are funded. This is, a, uh, in my opinion, um, the structure of, of, of who we are as public schools yeah. is on the line. This is, a, this is a, a, something that will topple. You know, it, it's, it's a beginning that doesn't have an end, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my, my request to you is um, engage today, engage tomorrow, engage until we don't need to engage anymore. Um, I know for a fact that leadership, some leadership in the state capitol building are, um, are, are yelling at people that voted no because their constituents asked them to. They are being pressured in, in very political ways, and that's kind of behind the scenes inside baseball I won't get into. But there are a lot, there's a lot of arm twisting going on. And so what I would like for your message to be is we vote for you in our community. Please vote the way your community is asking for you to vote. Leadership in the Capitol does not vote for you. And so please speak for the people in your community. And and you know, I would ask that that you tell the story about your classroom. Yeah, uh, Senator Treat in the in the Appropriations Committee, whatever day that was, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, yeah. um, he said, "My pledge to you is whatever the cost of this program is, I I pledge to you that I will backfill common education, so so public school funding at the same level. So let's say it costs a hundred million dollars." He's saying that he won't move it forward until there's $200 million free and clear that, that our state doesn't need in other ways just to move the needle on, on school choice that we are already 16th in the nation at. So, um, like a hundred million dollars that could give teachers and support professional pay raises, a hundred million dollars that could hire LPCs in our, in our classrooms. A hundred million dollars that could uh, incentivize more people to come into yeah. the profession, so that we could get class sizes down, so that we can serve kids that actually need service. So many uses for that. So when we say um, we only have one-time money, but yet I think I might be able to find two hundred million dollars. Um, it is really hard to um, trust that people have what's best for the majority of Oklahomans in mind when they make comments like that. So my, my ask to members, my ask to members is, 
is to engage today and continue to engage and, and share these messages with people. They need to hear not just from educators. They need to hear from community members, from business leaders who need our public school yes. graduates for yes. the workforce, who, who need strong schools because we know in so many communities that is the lifeblood of our community. So I get real passionate. I'm sorry that was long-winded. But so if you happen to be a person, I am not. Oh, I am a person. No, I mean, I, 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 I cut myself off there. I shouldn't have said it that way. If you were a person that could be so lucky to have a, a, a senator that voted no oh. in committee, I am not. Please thank them. Mm-hmm. Thank that, and you're in, in what we're saying, alerting on it. Thank them, give them support, keep them going. So, so you need to know that they are getting so much strife for that no vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are being yelled at by other professionals in that building. They are being threatened with bills that they'd like to get across the mm-hmm. finish line. It's a political process, and there are political games. And and, and it happens and, every year. It does, yeah. and that's it's part of it. And I yeah. know that that's not uh, you guys that are taking care of our children in our classrooms. I know this is not your world. But this is one that we've got to have engagement on. Mm. Um, thank them for their no vote. Hold them up. Beg them to stay a no vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and, and talk to them about all the reasons why. Thank you so much, Ivy. Appreciate that feedback and letting us know that, you know, te- educators' voices do matter and, and that they matter each week throughout session. And we're asking you to engage because your voice matters. So thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. And spring break is very close. We can, we can <laughs> so all make close. it. So close. Yes. Thank you for having me. We are so excited today for our guest. Um, we have Heather Cody, who is an OEA staff member who works with our OAEA aspiring educators. And we're also joined by Daryl Morris, a counselor at Leakin Elementary. Daryl, I'd love to just start out with you and tell us just a little bit about yourself and your school. Absolutely, I'm a school social worker, which I feel like I have one of the best jobs in America. I'm truly thankful to to, uh, be able to uh, serve not only Lincoln, but I also serve a couple other elementaries in the Lawton um, district. So I'm truly thankful to be able to be in that position to give back and help young people uh, to just be all that they can be. And, you know, I know it sounds a little cliche, but that's the army in me. But yes, to, for them to have a foundation to be all that they can be and, and to and grow up to be successful citizens of this community or any other community that they decide to, to move to or be in. That is great. Um, tell me a little bit about your role as a social worker. We don't have as many social workers that work in our school districts. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, social working has been in schools for over 50 to 75 years, but it's kind of new to Oklahoma. There have been some some, uh, districts that have adopted the school social worker role. But uh, basically, our role is to encourage, motivate, inspire, provide hope, counsel, um, group counsel, uh, also to provide hope for the family, the parents, because, you know, one thing that we see in the school setting is, you know, a a lot of young people's mental health issues stem from their home life environment. So we have to try to empower parents along with empowering the students. Daryl, when I was teaching, I was so lucky to have, I think we had our school-based social worker for about five years through a grant. And 
that was our liaison to the community. I could hand my parents a list of resources where here's the places that you could go, but our school-based social worker would sit down with our parents and help, help them fill out the paperwork or go make that connection that they needed. So thank you for what you do. It's so, so important. And, and Lincoln is so lucky to have a school-based social worker in their school. That's awesome. I'm lucky as well because those young people bless my heart every day. I mean, I mean, just being around people, it, young people, they love hard. And, and when they know that you, you care about them and, and you're going to show up and, you know, with laugh, I'll, I'll try to smile through the mask and, and let them know that they, they do have somebody that's there for them to support them. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about this project that um, our OAEA students will be working on. Okay. So from, from my understanding, um, Mr. Castro was trying to receive some help and support with our clothing closet. Um, so often we have young people come to school lacking, you know, the proper clothing wear, underwear, socks, um, shoes, um, just just the proper things that you would think a young person should have to be able to start their morning. Uh, we have young, some uh, young people who lack those, those just basic needs. So um, we're just asking for any support that we can to, to help us to be able to bridge that gap for families and students to be able to, when they come to school, they're comfortable and, and ready to learn. Heather, how did you all get connected to, to Lincoln? So this year, um, well, every year we have outreach to teach and every other year it switches off. So sometimes we have OAEA members nominate or somebody from the community or schools can nominate themselves. This year was um, OAEA members got to nominate and a student at Cameron nominated Lincoln Elementary and the application, uh, we went through a rubric with our exec board and Lincoln was chosen. So um, unfortunately we did have to move our project to virtual, but they came back with a wish to help fill their clothes closet. And we were able to do that through an Amazon wish list. And those products should be arriving shortly, Mr. Morris. Heather, let's back it up a little bit. We're, we're throwing around all these acronyms and everything. What, what's OAEA? Uh, help, us, help us understand that one. So OAEA is our Oklahoma Aspiring Education Association. It is for our students uh, in Oklahoma that are in school to be an educator. Um, it's our very first intro into the association life, and um, it is part of OEA, and we hope we hope to keep them on when they're certified members or they're in the classroom and, or in the school district in any capacity, and it's just a great way for students to uh, connect through other people throughout the states, great networking, and we just love it. And then, yeah, beauty of our organization, we have like a pipeline. Yes. Beginning, middle, and end, right? Yes. And you're a student, uh, active teacher, uh, support professional administrator. And then when you become a retiree and you're getting to really, really enjoy life, we still got a place for you. Yes, we do. And tell us a little bit about Outreach to Teach in that weekend. I know it looks different this year, but in kind of what is that and what is, how does it look? So Outreach to Teach has been around for about 20 years. Um, it is our service project. Um, Aspiring Ed, we try to do a service project, be very, um, and that's one of our goals at the state level and national level is service to our community. And 
So it is our service project. Usually we're at the school and we are beautifying their campus in some way. Um, Lincoln is actually the oldest school in um, Lawton. And that was one of the reasons it was chosen. Um, it was established in 1908 and we wanted to just modernize their, their site. And unfortunately still in COVID <laughs> next year. <laughs> but, but, but just think, even though we're not able to, I love doing outreach to teach. I love getting to come in and paint and do bulletin boards and work out in the dirt and paint and do everything there is to help whatever that school needs. Right. right. Um, but even if when we can't do that, I, I am just amazed that the clothing closet, you know, so many times, Mr. Morris, when you hear a uh, clothing closet, well, you know where my mind goes? A coat, mm -hmm. a coat, not all the essentials from uh, socks, underwear, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle that, that kids need. It's uh, sometimes we lose sight of that. Yeah. I'm glad. And I'm very thankful that this was their way to use outreach to teach funds. You know, it's so great to paint a wall and to make things look better, but it really starts with the child and that brightens my heart just as much. Daryl, can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, what your hope is for the future, you know, as you work with students, what is kind of your hope that you want to leave them with and hope that they gain through your work? Well, I'm always just uh, inspired to try to provide hope and encouragement to young people. You'd be surprised how many young elementary students are lacking hope and, and are in a hopeless state. Like I said, um, their their environment is, is, is sometimes really challenging and difficult. So a lot of these young people are coming in uh, hopeless with a hopeless attitude. So I just try to encourage them and, and inspire them any type of way I can, bring some laughter, bring some joy. Uh, you know, even if it's just a hug, you know, um, I know with the pandemic, we weren't supposed to hug, but I was like, I was breaking all the rules. I was still hugging. <laughs> I was I was still, you know, slapping hand fives and things like that. You know, you're supposed to be, you know, touchless. But I mean, sometimes that's what these young people need. They need that connection to, to understand that people are there for them. People are, are there to to inspire them, to show them that they matter. You know, I mean, I have three daughters that have the potential of growing up right here in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm, I'm not originally from Lawton, Oklahoma. I'm from Battle Creek, Michigan, but my wife is born and raised here. She did graduate from Eisenhower High School, one of the high schools here. And so my daughter's Nana and Papa are here. So my whole thing is we don't have any ambition or motivation to move. So my daughters have the possibility of growing up right here in this community. So I really would want this to be the best community that they can they can grow up in. I don't want to see a community that's that's just trying to survive. I want us to thrive. I want us to continue to do well and 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 do next step type things, you know, innovation and intervention and, and and just try to help these young people to grow up to be all that they can be. I mean, an asset instead of a liability to our community. Well, that's awesome. And I am so glad that we are able to partner with you on Outreach to Teach this year and that you were able to join us. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine uh, Ellen. Man, we had a civication dinner uh, last night in Shawnee. Once again, incredible turnout. 
amazing. Oh my gosh. 30, 40 people. I was going to say thousand. <laughs> 30, 40 people packed into a space in a restaurant. We always get kind of like a private room. And every time we're showing up, I mean, our, our members are wanting to sit down with their legislators, listen to them, tell their stories. It's just been, I thought it would get like a little smaller. And even though we've had a surge in the pandemic, uh, ice, sleet, snow for three weeks straight, um, and we've had to do so many rescheduling events, we're still coming out. And I just, I am so thankful. And I happened luckily to be at that same dinner with you, Catherine. And I also love the reminder of kind of how our zones work. So you have yeah. members from different districts coming yeah. together and sitting at different tables and, you know, talking about what's happening in their school. In their area. Yes. Yes. And, and, and meeting with their legislators. So especially for our rural schools, they're getting that so important and they're talking about the issues that affect their schools not like big picture sometimes that sometimes the legislators try to focus on so and um, but we've got two coming up this next week they're on the same night two different areas on I was going to say February March 10th on Thursday March 10th one in Stillwater and then one in Enid and so if you're in those areas or in, you may work someplace but if you school, whatever. We're going to have one in Stillwater, one in Enid. Um, check out our website, okea.org slash civication. Remember, it's not a word. We made it up. <laughs> but C-I-V-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. And go on, log on, um, register that we've got other ones listed there. because we got, we, We've rescheduled all we, those. Yes, that we have. We're now into March, yeah. April. So, mm -hmm. but we're going to have them. And and the great thing is our legislators are coming um, and having conversations and great dialogue. So um, they, I could not be more thrilled how they have turned out and all the hard work that I know you and your team have put in this. It's I know it's been a lift, a, a heavy lift. <laughs> but I also want to um, let our members know that uh, in our board meeting in February 26th, our, our board the the members that represent the members that were elected to represent the members in their area passed a bold motion and it was to um, create a multi-year broad goals to help lead our organization going forward and we when we developed those goals we had member um, board members that we did uh, brainstorming with chart papers were everywhere. We had a think tank that worked to help flesh it all out. And so it's around three areas around professional wages and benefits for all of our professionals, public schools that meet the whole child. Mm. And then lastly, that OEA, there, our influence is felt in every election cycle and every piece of educational legislation that goes through the Oklahoma legislature. And, and we've, we've got that motion. It's going forward. And it's based, we're basing a, a campaign message around two words, worth it. Mm, because, I yeah, I know. It just, it just gives me chills because our public schools are worth it. Our educators are worth it. And most importantly, our students are worth it. And so we're going to carry that message forward. We're going to be um, 
it, it once we pass a motion, it doesn't just stop. It doesn't just, it's not words on paper. We're going to be in, continuing to engage our members. We're going to be creating some focus groups. So if you get a call to be on one of those focus groups, please know it's not a scam. Uh, it's not one of sometimes Catherine's emails that you might get asking for $10,000 or a gift card. Mm-hmm. This is truly, we want to engage you, our members, and hear your voice around um, the goals that we've set going forward. And then we're going to, we're going and continue that work with delegate assembly. I, I'm looking for a big, bold uh, new business item to come with that as well. And so we are going to be, we've started this work and we're going to keep it going. I think it sounds really, really exciting. Yeah, we're excited and about I, it. And I love the opportunity now that our members, they hear the vision, yeah. but but how does that look? Yeah. How does that look for yeah. this association? Yeah. So, well, thank you, Ivy Riggs, Heather Cody, Daryl Morris from Lincoln. Um, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bright Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Bright Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at brightokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education. <laughs>